This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division champion and former TNA World Tag Team champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. back with episode 174 of the tna cross the line podcast i am bob kind jr with me as always is dallas gridley and dallas we are coming off of a strong impact last week coming off of hard justice where it was announced at first that it was going to be Jarrett and styles at slammiversary but then in a backstage segment dusty Rhodes revealed no they will be wrestling but it will be a king of the mountain match and that there will be a wild card, which I'm assuming means that they will not be announced. So currently for Slammiversary, it is going to be AJ Styles defending against Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, and Abyss. And we had thought that Monty Brown and Abyss had joined Jeff Jarrett, seemingly kicking Outlaw out of the equation. But at the end of the episode, Jeff Jarrett, Offered a handshake to Abyss, and Abyss at first accepted, and then turned it into a black hole slam. So where does Abyss align? Is he all by himself, or will he ultimately end up with Jared? We don't know. We The only way we will know is if we continue to watch TNA 2005. And guess what? We are going to be. Wow. And we gave last week's episode high praise, and it should be noted again that Mike Tanay had a heavy influence uh, last week's episode and this week's episode. So could Mike Tanay be the leader of this new booking committee? I know. Could is because Mike Tanay, the professor, be the savior we need, or could it be Vince Russo behind the scenes and no one knows? Oh, don't even say that. Because that happens more than one time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you know the the good thing about the committee is that Tanay and Borash are both on it, and they have probably the most promotional knowledge yeah in regards to tna aside from jared and uh i mean demore has been there for a while too but i don't know about since like day one i'm actually really surprised when i read that demore was um on the booking committee uh at this time I, that's not something i ever knew um <clears throat> which is probably why with like current day stuff when he him and like don Callis were taking over i was like not a bad choice but I, did, I guess I didn't really think that he necessarily had. Uh, he is like BCW, I guess, and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's you know, a little different. Um, however, current day impact, he doesn't hit them all. They're not all home runs, right. <laughs> unfortunately. I was watching another episode not long ago. I can't remember what it was that I was. I was just like, once again, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, but. But there is some stuff I like a lot, so you know I, I stick around. I am two episodes behind, however. Wow. Yeah, I, I was actually uh, hoping to maybe watch those today, but I've also got a video game I want to play, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because Impact will probably take you literally three hours. This is an hour and a half show, so. You're right, yeah, it will, um, which is a lot. I might put it on while I'm playing my video game, because then I can like pay attention but also play my video game. Like, yeah, like listen to it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which one I'm this far behind, it's just easier at that point. I kind of already know what happened. 
Yeah. But okay, so Bob, this episode of Impact should be a, a very interesting one. Um, but before that, I guess we should just do our let's do a quick rundown of what happened on the show. I actually have Dave's like little write-down of the first hour, so I'm just gonna read that. Should pretty much cover everything. If we miss it, we'll go back and say it. But um even he notes, uh, main notes from the taping for the possible final two shows on FSN. Spoiler, it is the final two shows on FSN, which is fucking crazy. But anyways, we'll get to that. Um, both shows were said to be very good, so there's a little tease. I'm just saying it. I just wanted to spoil the fact that it might be a good show. Uh, so the first hour, which we have watched last week, um, we saw Tracy telling Michael Shane that he she wanted him to win the X Division title again. Styles did the interview uh, regarding winning the title, uh, ended up getting jumped by Jarrett Brown and Abyss. So Jarrett was uh, essentially wanted his rematch, as Bob kind of already noted. We're getting King of the Mountain, um, and he's got he's got his allies now. Raven complained about not being in the King of the Mountain um, since he beat Waltman on pay per view, and so he wanted Larry Zabisco to tell him that he was the wild card uh, that Rhodes would pick. Zabisco wouldn't tell him, so after more arguing, Zabisco told Raven that he wasn't. And Raven attacked Zabisco and said he wouldn't stop until Dusty showed up. After two Raven effects, Dusty Rose showed up and suspended Raven, but Raven said he can't suspend him because he quit and he walked off. Uh, Rhodes is saying, or sorry, not Rhodes, Meltzer is saying here that the idea for this is that Raven is going to turn face, which doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Does a face like quit like that and then come back and be like happy? I don't know. That's just that's weird to me, but we'll see how it turns out, I guess. Yeah. Um, of course, there are a lots of turmoil going on with the new bookers. We heard the rumors, and we did see video of Ron Killings and BG James arguing, teasing a through life crew breakup because BG James did not show up to face the outlaw at the pay per view. Um, I really liked the segment. As Bob said, it was like a reaction episode where they were kind of filming behind a wall. And it was like in secret, but honestly, it makes it feel more real. And I think it was uh, very well done. Yeah, I don't mind that stuff because it's always bugged me, I guess, in a weird way that when two guys are you know, having a conversation like that and the camera's right there, like, we're, they're acting as if there's not a camera there. Yeah. So in this instance, you could really believe that, oh, these guys don't know the camera's there. So that yeah. interaction's more um, believable. Definitely. Um, so then we saw uh, Daniels beat Cassidy Riley. And after that match, and actually really before, uh, Michael Shane kind of went over and confronted him. And then after the match, uh, he attacked him, and then Chris Sabin got involved. So we're seeing that potential three-way come together for the exhibition title at Slamiversary. Um, he notes that AMW is do- doing a losing streak here, um, and either going to be teasing a split or a heel turn, which is something I kind of was wondering if there's the chance that we could see here eventually. But apparently they're going to go on a losing streak and... We'll see what happens from there. I think you should repeat that because I, at least on my end, you were cutting out pretty bad. Okay. So, uh, AMW is apparently doing a losing streak. Okay. And they are going to eventually either split or tease a split or a heel turn, which is something I kind of mentioned that we could maybe see. I don't know. I was kind of getting that vibe that they're getting going to get like angry. I'm thinking it's going to be more a heel turn, personally. Yeah, I don't see them splitting yet. No way. I mean, they teased it like two years ago, but... They, yeah, they did. Yeah. 
Um, and they're saying that the first loss of this is uh, to the P. Williams and Eric Young for that number one contender uh, ship that we we just saw. Um, and they they're cost cons- them. They're considering that the start of the losing streak. Yeah, even though technically they just lost to the Nationals, but yeah, no, I. That's not a, that's not a lose. I mean, I mean, if you lose one match, yeah, it's part of a losing streak. But a losing streak is like they've lost three, three now, right? or four. Yeah, I think they've lost three. But that's how he says it. He says their first loss. Um, but, um, anyways, oh, and that was a uh, Petey Williams pinstorm after uh, Hurricane Rana and then using the ropes. So apparently he was kind of supposed to be tied up in the ropes, but there was some fuckery going on with that one. Um. Abyss pinned Saban when uh, Saban had Abyss up in the cradle shack. Uh, he actually, because well, Shane interfered and he super kicked him because uh, Saban was going to hit. He was going to hit the um, the cradle shack on Abyss, got super kicked, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then Abyss hit the shock treatment for the pin. Jarrett was doing commentary during this match, went in to congratulate Abyss. And as Bob noted, I believe already, he was hit with a black hole slam. So. Pretty uh, crazy stuff. And we also saw Monty Brown absolutely fucking squash Sonny Siaki in the opening contest of last week in under a minute. Yeah, and uh, that's usually a sign that Mr. Sonny Siaki is probably, like, on the way out. Right. Whereas at least not going to be, like, featured prominently. Right. Um. So, kind of going into some new stuff here, I'll just start off with this. So... The Observer and um, the Figure Four Wrestling um, that we're going to be reading today is from May 30th, 2005. Our episode, May 27th. So, as always, they come out a little bit after, but it kind of covers what happened. Now, it is noted here. So, this might technically be announced after our show. I'm not 100%. But Alvarez had a flash update, and he said literally minutes before going to press... Um, it was announced that TNA was not renewing with FSN, uh, meaning mm-hmm. they've apparently signed another deal, which they're assuming is WGN. And this episode is going to be the last. So um, it's kind of official. It's a pretty big deal. And um, we'll see what happens. Uh, and actually, I think our first notes here that we're going to talk about with uh, Dave Meltzer are kind of talking right about that immediately. So. Let's chat. Actually, I can read it on the screen. It'll be a lot easier. Hold on. So basically, uh, Dave says that TNA was expected to announce likely before we even read this. Um, that them going on a WGN on Monday night, 8 to 10 Eastern time slot. So that's what they're saying. It's apparently that is literally about to be announced. Now, press time. Dave says, we don't have an official start date, but the guess is if the deal is finalized, the earliest possible date would be June 20th. June 20th. June 20th, okay. Okay. On WGN. On WGN, which is putting us the day after Slammiversary. Okay. June 19th is the slam version. Now, so since because no deal is um, cleared for WGN in Chicago, uh, which is uh, different from the state, the national cable version, uh, the new deal would leave TNA unavailable in the country's two biggest wrestling markets, New York and Chicago. Uh, LA is a bigger market uh, by far than Chicago, but Chicago is a better wrestling market. Dave notes. Um, the main cable systems in New York don't carry WGN, although the main dish providers, DirecTV and Dish Network, both carry the station. So there's potential that they won't be seen in a decent amount of homes. But 
they don't seem to care about that. I could. I mean, I'm assuming they're talking about New York City. I do believe that is what they're talking about. Because I definitely had, like I said before, um, I, I definitely had WGN watching those Chicago Cup games. There you go. Um, the Fox Sports Net officials, even though we had reported to the contrary, were under the impression that TNA would be renewing its deal as negotiations had continued. It wasn't until May 20th that TNA gave them the word that they would officially not be renewing, and the 52-week contract will expire with the replay broadcast on May 28th. So at press time, the scheduled May 31st TV taping in Orlando has not been canceled, but the odds are that it will be. Because it looks right now that the company will be off television for two weeks prior to Slammiversary, uh, and that no new television nor angles will be taped for the show. Uh, which is pretty crazy, and that means unless they don't tell us the wild card, we're going to have a cliffhanger, which is kind of probably what's going to happen anyways. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, overall, the show would be available in about 61 million U.S. homes, 56% of the homes in the country, as compared to about 89 million for Raw and Spike. However, WGN doesn't rate, all the, doesn't rate at all among top rated cable networks so there is a uh, little casual viewership on the station outside of the chicago market hmm. now at press time no deal had been signed but lawyers from tribune who is the parent company of wgn and tna were working on finalizing the agreement tna taking the deal basically confirms that spike tv in the end had no serious interest in the product and although uh, the company still had open dialogue this past week the major deal points to uh, them having agreed to by both sides that there are minor details that have yet to be finalized. Uh, it is believed the agreement gets TNA television time without paying for it. However, the cost of going live and doing double the numbers of TV tapings to fill the two-hour slot will end up costing them significantly more than the $30,000 per week that the company was spending buying time on FSN. So basically, they'll be losing money at a faster rate with a new deal unless it leads to significant growth. Right. Um, reportedly, after last week's issues, an internal memo at WWE circulated to John Laurinaitis, telling him that he needed to get on the ball to sign CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Samoa Joe because TNA is thinking about going after all of them. So this is pretty dirty stuff. But uh, so clearly, WWE make offers to anyone who even shows a hint of going over for the new show, or to whom that they find out TNA has any interest in. So we're playing dirty ball even before this starts to happen here. Now, if by some chance the WGN deal isn't worked out, TNA is under belief that it would be able to quickly return to FSN. Oh, no. As Jeff Jarrett has kept a great relationship with the network. They would have to commit to at least six months, but they've already already seen that the time slots on FSN, which have been paid for, are not strong enough to run a profitable operation off. Now, as far as the future for Jeff and likely Jerry Jarrett in TNA, that is also up in the air about something that could break as early as this week. Jarrett's backers, most of whom are still unnamed, but somehow Jim Duggan um, is like part of one of these deals. Uh, and another one is Dave Nelson, an independent wrestling promoter who does NWA Ohio, uh, who has been at recent tapings, made the offer more than a week ago to buy out Panda's 71% interest in the company, uh, the Jarrett's control the remaining 29% stock. This, basic, this is the basic power play because the Carters have put their own management team in place, headed by Frank Dickerson and their own booking committee, although Jeff works closely with them, 
but the Jarrett's power and decision-making has been weakened and just role as world champion in the future is up in the air. He will still be positioned strongly because he's got the experience and the name recognition and can still go far more than few other names on the roster. Plus, he's part owner. Right. It's, it's pretty crazy stuff, so... I, uh, I think it's a dangerous mindset to think that they could go right back to Fox Sports now. Yeah, I'd say so, dude. That's dangerous. Especially if they're like, now nah, we're not going to sign again. Yeah, oh, yeah we just go back. Because if they were to go back, then FSN would just be like, oh, so you don't have any other... So we're going to double it. Right. So if like 10 grand or whatever it does, make it 20 or whatever it does. So I think there's one more one more paragraph that kind of follows this. Um, and of course... Uh, you know, if you if you guys want to read the more details, there's stuff I cut out of this just to um, for our own sanity. But um, check it check it out; it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, as things stand, the idea remains <clears> to go live every other Monday night from Orlando and tape the next night the following week for the following week. If WGN is available in Orlando, since FSN isn't, it should help crowds for a live Monday show. However, it's going to be difficult to get the crowds back the next night or to get their enthusiasm high in the same building for a second day of taping. Uh, while people in the past used to romanticize about Raw in the Manhattan Center when Raw first started, it taped every three weeks in the same location, which held barely a thousand. And they uh, they were in New York, and after the first few times, couldn't fill the building regularly, even with heavy paper. There are also goals to start within a few months, having a pay per view event outside of Orlando. So we have big goals here, but I don't know how it is. He saying that they taped three weeks of raw in one night yeah same th- three weeks in the same location well that wasn't the case in the Manhattan well, center era yeah that's what he notes yeah that wasn't the case then i didn't watch too much of that so i don't really have a lot of i mean if if anything they would do maybe two weeks but that was usually i know when we were when we were covering like 95 on icopod they were yeah. three weeks sometimes yes. four Right. That t- yeah, 95 96, yes. And probably most of 94. But not in uh not in the Manhattan era when they were going when they were in there through um July. That was definitely not 3 weeks at a time. There's no way. Hmm. So he's probably um, just lumping in the whole run together. Yeah, I, I would assume so. Yeah, pretty interesting, but I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, but that might be the last TV. No, well, there's a couple other like smaller things, but we don't have a ton more to go through. Well, there's some, but not a ton. Uh, this is actually a really funny one, and I can't wait to see your reaction to this one. So Dave says, a, a sad but funny story was that Dustin Rhodes, seeing all the young guys on the show um, talk with his father, were joking that people were uh, was joking to people that they were all doing so because Dusty had power and they were looking to break into TNA. So Larry Zabisco, who worked the show, had to tell Dustin, who was probably one of the few people in the dressing room who didn't know, that Dusty was no longer the booker. Wow. So he's so he's like, yo, look at everyone talking, because he, he's got the power. And Larry's like, not so fast, brother. Wow. He actually doesn't anymore. That was pretty fucked up. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got kicked out of that one. Uh, this is this is a really interesting one, and I, I'm very curious to see if or you know, hear more about it or anything. But there's a group called X3 Wrestling advertising a national TV taping with much of the TNA roster. 
some of whom, like Abyss, Petey Williams, Chris Sabin, Chris Harris, BG James, and The Outlaw, actually were there. Um, it apparently drew about 250 fans, and there were rumors that the show was going to be canceled. Uh, the promoter, <laughs> whose name is Tim Shady, which Dave says uh. you have to admit is one of the greatest names for a wrestling promoter, blamed it on the internet attempting to destroy him. Now, Bob, I'm also kind of telling you this note for our own uh, personal gain because I want you to tell me if it sounds something familiar because the show started about 45 minutes late. Um, and they, they had a show headlined by the New Age Outlaws called Billy Gunn and Rodog, returning as a team beating former OVW tag team champions BG Payne and Scotty Saber. Before the show had even started, Shady disappeared without paying anyone. And uh, it's apparently the story that Dave says he got is that the Outlaws were paid. D'Lo, Brown, and Axel and Ian Rotten were there and weren't paid and didn't work. And the rest of the crew all worked anyways. Uh, the wrestlers were still extremely gracious to the fans. So I thought this was very interesting. That the TNA, most of the TNA roster was at this sketchy-ass show. Yeah, uh, I think last week I noted several guys that had competed on it. Uh, the X3W or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And I know that the New Age Allies match was on this week's thing, too. Yeah. 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 Pretty. Burn the bridge. Burn the bridge. I like it. Now, if you're wondering how many events that X3 Wrestling had, uh, one. Okay. Can't imagine why. Yeah. From what we just read, I have no idea. Yeah. So. Uh, do you want me to? I can just run down the card for that show. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, actually. Why not? Okay. So uh, it featured Shark... Uh, you know, I'll do the result version. So just the card. So Shark Boy defeated a guy by the name of 8-Pac. Uh, it's not 6-Pac. Anybody's wondering. It's uh, rather a guy by the name of David DeMarco. Okay. Stevie Lee defeated Ricky Landell. Jason Thunder, Sterling James Keenan, and Super Hentai defeated Q&A which would be the unknown and virus. And then also Jason cage. And that was a six man tag. Abyss defeated Shirley Doe in a casket match, which I mentioned before. Petey Williams defeated Chris Saban. And then a four man gauntlet match for the X three W heavyweight title. CW Anderson defeated Chris Harris, Jeff Cannon and JT lightning. Uh, and Anderson won that by last eliminating Chris Harris. And as you noted, the main event saw the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and Road Dog, defeating BG Payne and Scotty Saber. Wow. That is quite the show. Now, here's the thing. I'd probably go to that. Oh, I'm sure. It's in 2005. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably going to that. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I Yeah, I just think it's like funny all around, to be honest. Yeah. I, like, I like their funny name. I like that the guy disappeared. I like that his name is Tim Shady. Tim Shady's, yeah, that's a perfect name for a, for a promoter. Love it's it. literally in his name. He's going to be Shady. Yeah. Um, okay, I got to know about AJ Styles here and his re-sign. Uh, AJ Styles never really had the full option of going to WWE, even though his contract was to expire in September, because TNA had a one-year option on his services after the contract expired and uh, exercised it. Uh, but also signed him to that new three-year deal anyways, effectively keeping away from WWE until um, late 2008. But here's the thing. He was never going to go to WWE. He was going to be sent to OVW. Right. And then he'd just be a cruiserweight guy. So mm-hmm. in 2005, that would have been his role. Right. Uh, it's also funny because I think you've made a joke about it, but it's like, or 
either you joked about it or there was a note about it. I can't remember, but so he's either he's either kept away from WWE either until late 2008 or until the company is no more. Because as we know, TNA is going to close in three weeks for the past you know 20 years. But yeah, it's a bad time to sign an extension. I mean, at this time, it is kind of sketchy. I yeah, I don't I would think say so. Um, as noted, they weren't going to put the NWA title on him unless he signed the deal, but it wasn't a forced gun to your head signing under pressure. So that's important to know. They had verbally agreed on the deal, and it just hadn't worked out the minor points before the weekend. So apparently this was already agreed upon. But now, three years ago, AJ Styles turned down a WWE developmental offer when he was considered less experienced because of the money, which was about $500 a week, which wasn't worth it for him to give up his regular landscaping job and move his wife and family uh, to Louisville. Ended up working out better for him because he's made far bigger name in between TNA and Indies and largely make up his own schedule and probably earns low six figures now. If WWE had the option of signing him, uh, they would have, as those in talent decisions were high on him. So pretty, pretty uh, interesting. I would, yeah, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he was making a hundred, two hundred grand mm-hmm. off of TNA and Indies. Right. I had a note on, there's a note about DDP here, but I didn't, I don't think it was anything really new. Essentially, it was just people aren't strong on bringing him back. Um, yeah, we did that last week. Yeah, it, like they already kind of weren't interested in that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything new in this, so I'm skipping right over that one. Um, okay, a few more. Okay, just like three more uh, quick things here. And we can get into the show, and I got more. And actually, I have a really interesting one for the show about our friend Jim Mitchell. We'll, we'll talk about that during the show. So uh, the plan for the first show on WGN is to have David Zahadi produce a lot of 45-second long introductory videos to get new viewers familiar with main stars. They are, uh, there is also consideration being given to change the name of the TV show from Impact. Could you imagine? To, to what? I don't know, but <laughs> I really don't like this idea. From Impact. What would you change it to? Why Dyn- would you change it? Dynamite. Dun- oh, shit. TNA Dynamite. Oh, shit. Um, Collision. There's also apparently no interest at all in losing in using low-key, by the way, which is just great news uh, since we like him. and Now we can't use him because he made a lot of enemies and said a lot of things about people in the company, including Jeff Jarrett and the booking committee, which already has been left alone thus far when it comes to booking decisions. Um, but they were told the company wouldn't consider bringing him back. So I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. So that guy is so talented and he just burns every bridge. Yeah. It sucks. But you want a fucking bombshell to end our notes, Bob. There is someone who is working on trying to make their way back. That's right, brother. Hulk Kick Hogan. Catch. Oh, Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hogan who never signed a deal with WWE, is again making his noise and playing his games, as Dave says. He talked with Scott Demore and told him he's interested in coming in, but he wants to work with a program with his buddy. And Bob, I want you to guess who his buddy is. Hulk Hogan's buddy. And he wants to work a program with him. Abyss. No. That's five years later. Uh, Who would be his buddy on the roster right now? Exactly. That That he would work with. Exactly. Not Jared. No. Um, okay. Oh, wait. Are they on the Slammiversary card? I don't know. I haven't looked at it. 
son of a bitch. Okay, hang on a minute. I'm gonna figure. I'm gonna. I'm. Gonna, You're not gonna guess it. <laughs> with his buddy, um, who's the most ridiculous person you can think of? Triton. Yeah, that's right, baby. He wants to work a program with his buddy Ryan Wilson. No. god dude oh my god i can't god. believe I i'm reading this and that. it's real like how is this a thing how is that even possible <laughs> i have no idea oh my god. um and he he wants them to get Triton up and running strong and dave just goes we've been through this one too many times <laughs> so hulk hogan wants to come in and work with Triton. that's incredible that is that is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life it's just because he's a big tall guy I know. <laughs> That's his formula. I cannot believe that. That's hilarious. Oh my god, it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite things I've ever read, I think, on the show. With Triton. Let's fantasy book on Hulk Hogan and Triton feud. Oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, so that happened. Oh um, my god. That would have been so bad. That would be so bad. Uh, well, Bob, no, I kind of want—I kind of want to see it now. Oh, yeah, I mean, so do I. Uh, that's everything I got before the show here. Um, I got a few things we'll talk about during the show. Uh, I have an AJ Styles interview. I have that Jim Mitchell note. So there's some fun stuff, and then there's some other just little BS stuff that we randomly talk about sometimes. Right. Um, so let's do it. All right, let's check out the May 27th, 2005 edition of Impact. The approximate runtime for this is 44 minutes and 23 seconds. I'm going to count down from three when I say play. That's when we're going to watch it. If you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. Here comes the ultimate swerve. It was... It, they did two swerves in one thing. I That's a good point. Because he shoves Jarrett, and then... Because I didn't like, oh, hey, I'm going to be with AJ, and he shoved him. That's weird. It's going to be King of the Mountain. He's going to be in the King of the Mountain. Wild card, brother. Boys. I like how he assumes that Monty Brown and Abyss would not go for the title. Like, how does he think it's going to be him? I don't know. And then Monty Brown didn't even do nothing about the Black Hole Slam. He just stood there. All right, well, that's the weird part to me is, well, maybe that's a little bit of a hint. That could be a hint, yeah. Of a little extra. Let's go. Impact, baby. Maybe our last impact, Bob. Uh, ever. ever. Podcast coming to an end. Oh, well, I guess it, it could be that, too, I guess. Um, not quite what I was thinking about. Hey, here's Universal Studios. There's about 600 people, probably less, because they probably left. I thought she was going to lift up her shirt. Uh, so did I. 
Oh, that guy spinnerbells Dusty Rhodes' head with polka dots. Is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, my God. Double J plus no belts equals good news. That's a funny sign. Term. Beware. I was about to say, they're talking about turmoil because they don't have a television deal, or? No, I think they're talking about it, uh, Jared. Yeah, this. I know. Okay, here comes uh, Three Life Crew. Uh, Ron Killings and uh, BG James, man. And I believe that Conan is not here because he was not at Hard Justice because he was uh, down in Mexico. So I'm assuming he isn't at the taping due to that situation as well. Right. Oh, BG's about to talk, and then I actually have a note about Conan, and I guess this is probably the best time to do it. Oh! Oh, he threw it. Oh, he has it. I thought he did, too. Welcome to Ain't That a Shame. When you're ready to talk, you talk to me. I get an amen. I like wicked mean R-Truth. Oh, wait! He gave the mic back to JB, so he's not letting BG James talk at all until he wants to explain himself to Ron Killings. BG's going to turn heel. He's got to say his catchphrase. Right. If he doesn't, he how is he going to be a better wrestler than Bret Hart? Right. Bigger draw, too. Right. Here comes America's Most Wanted. One of my fave tag teams, potentially of all time. I love that. I think I, think I know what's going to happen. Because AMW might be having a little bit of turmoil, because as we see right here, they're arguing from last week. What if uh, both these teams split, and so like Chris Harris teams with Ron Killings and James Storm is with PG James, similar to Triple X and AMW, and that's our Slammiversary. Man. No, 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 no. And, no, then, no, 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 no. and then ironically, there's another swerve where James Storm is like, "Nah, I'm with Chris Harris this whole time," and then okay, I wouldn't hate that then. Heel turn. Um. So my Conan note is the match is about to begin. Um, is uh, there's a lot of interest in using, uh, as it's noted here, good Mexican workers. Uh, but with Conan and Shocker as regulars, uh, politically, it looks to have shut the door for any CMLL talent like Mystico, who uh, they are interested in. Conan has strongly recommended uh, Volador Jr. and Ricky Marvin, saying they're both better than Mystico, who is really hot babyface in CMLL right now. Now, if it's a Mystico, I think it is. It's a long shot to say that people are better than him probably at this time, but whatever. Um, Marvin is uh, under contract to Noah, for us Noah, in Japan, but would probably be available between tours. Uh, Volador Jr. is still a CMLL guy at this point, although AAA has had their eyes on him. And BG, with the knee drop. To James Storm, in case anybody was wondering. But he only got a two count. And then he forces a tag to Ron Killings, who did not put his uh, hand out. Yeah, okay. So Three Life Crew is definitely bickering here. Yeah, even from the apron. So we're seeing at the bottom of the screen, keep an eye on this. Uh, see Slammiversary stuff. Let's see if there's anything we don't know, because they tend to announce matches down there. Styles Jarrett, the alpha male. An abyss versus a wild card, all for the the uh, heavyweight title in the Kingdom of the Mountain. Team Canada versus the Naturals, take team title. 
as he does press with some left left hand punches. That looks like everything that's officially announced so far. Not a lot. Yeah. Obviously, that X Division thing. I feel like we're going to get that announcement today. But three year anniversary, it's a big deal. Arch whip ducks the clothesline by Harris. Run Kong, something like that spinning forearm. Oh, he just did a hump toward BG and then he tagged him in. He was like, whoa. Atomic drop. Here's, yeah, here's the atomic drop and then a running clothesline to BG James. And a wild card. Maybe it'll be uh, Charlie Day. Charlie from It's Always Sunny. A show that Dallas has never watched. No, I don't think I have. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's a crime. That would cause, you know, if we were a tag team and that was revealed, that would cause a heel turn for me. I'd turn on you. Isn't that, it's like a comedy show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really watch comedy shows. Yeah, you're lifeless. That's fine. Collision by BG and... Uh, no, I like I like to laugh. I just can't get into it. like if I watch a show, I need it to be like gripping. I don't need it. I don't want it to be casual. Yeah, you're more of like an American horror story guy. Even that's getting kind of like not that good. Really? How many seasons is that on? Over ten. I think it's about to be its eleventh. Wow. And then they do like short like stories. It's like each episode is its own story. Right. And they suck. They're so bad. And yet you watch it. It's, it's like me and Kaylee's thing. But every time we look at each other and we're like, why? Okay, so Storm just gave a chair to Harris. <gasps> Axe kick, scissor kick by killing, sends Harris onto the chair. And he wins oh the match. Oh my god. Okay, so they're teasing James Storm going heel here. Using a chair? They don't normally do that. Whoa, dude. Losing streak continues. This is like their fourth loss in a row. Mm-hmm. For AMW, that's a pretty big deal. And that like, a major deal. This is actually, I actually like this match because we have issues with both groups and especially the three life crew issues. There's like a big thing. So the way they just did that was actually very well done because I wasn't really sure how that was going to finish. B Jizzle uh, in the ring. And oh wait, John Killing says the microphone. Oh, can I say a little something? Something. Time is up. He gave him a week. <gasps> oh, oh wait! Clothesline, BG James. We saved Ron from a sneak attack. He saved him. He's no, got his thinking... shirt back on. He does. Is uh, is Ron going to? Oh, there's Conan. Whoa! Okay, I lied. I didn't think Conan was here. Rolling Thunder clothesline. Oh, oh. here we go. He got the shoe. <laughs> Don was called it the ultimate sign of disrespect. Did somebody else throw their shoe in there? Oh, I missed like a that. Fan? I wouldn't be surprised. I think a fan did. Eject him. Oh, that one right there? Yeah, it's on the mat. Yeah. Oh, now they both shove him down. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. God, these guys are so dramatic.
Do you think that if uh, the outlaw never came here, that they would even be bothering to tease a split in this group right now? No. I don't think so either. I kind of like how they're doing it, though. It's been like a pretty slow build, but like it's like getting to a head here. Well, it just I feel like the obvious thing would have outlaw and BG together. Yeah. But for a while, it didn't. We almost didn't know if that was going to be the case. Yeah, but that just makes this most sense to me. Yeah. Terry Taylor is with AMW in the back. You saying tag teams can have slumps too? We've lost the team. We've won as a team. We're gonna pick it back up. Wait. Oh, I was gonna guess it. Next pay per view, there's time for a change. He's gonna start there. And they're talking about fighting three life crew at the pay per view. I was gonna guess that they were gonna do that. Do you think there's gonna be an attitude change at Slammiversary? Yeah. It's got it. Ooh, I was going to guess it, and I didn't. Kid oh, sh- Romeo. Whoa. Looking absolutely shredded. Random, random Kid Romeo appearance? Zach, Zach. Gowan. Oh. I was not expecting a singles match for Zach Gowan on Impact. Is that lady laughing at him? I thought he was taking his pants off. I was like, I don't know what. It... Yeah, that's what it looked like too. Okay, he took his leg off. I remember he was. Um, he made like a surprise appearance at TCW that one show. Yeah. And I remember uh, Joe told me that he saw Gregory Iron Iron essentially post that he was going to be there. So like. I have the, I have like the WWE magazine with him on it, so I brought it, and he was like, "Like, how'd you know?" And it's like, "Well, Gregory Iron posted that you're going to be here." <laughs> like in, in, I think it might have been in like a comment section or something. Even like it was, yeah. And like Joe saw it. Romeo boot scraping Gowan in the corner to start off here. Running start, and he gets a, another running boot scrape. Wait, just added. Oh, through X Division three way. Yep, Daniels against yes. Shane and Saban. That's gonna be good. And look, there it is, right at the bottom of the team. Good timing, yeah. Mike. Today, I like that. They didn't spoil it first; they said it. Um, speaking of pay per views, um, I got the name of our August pay per view on August fourteenth. Assuming we're still around, uh, it's officially called Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Get ready. Vertical suplex by Kid Romeo. Um, they have to. They ha- they must have a, a plan, right? Because you're not going to announce an August pay per view. I wouldn't think so. If you didn't have a, a concrete plan. Gallon with a boot in the corner to stop a charging Romeo, and he's going for a tornado DDT, and he spikes Romeo pretty oh. well with that. Okay, that was good. Gallon's fired up. Goes to the corner, springboard, heel kick. One, two, no, kick out. Kick out two. That's right. 
back suplex by Romeo. I really wish they did more with Romeo. Me too. Both He's been TNA. good every time he comes. Yeah, both TNA and WCW for that matter. Count, count elbows Romeo off the middle rope. Count top rope moonsault. Impressive. One, two, and he got single legged top rope moonsault. That's right. Because he only has one leg. Not a bad showing from Gowan. Good win for Gowan, yeah. I, you know, this is going to sound like I'm being mean again, but I'm really not. On that moonsault, if his, on the leg that has been amputated, that's like where it's amputated is mostly bone. Well, it so depends he, how they do it. Right. So, like, if it's mostly bone and he landed that moonsault and it's just, like, hits him in the midsection, it could take the air out of him. Maybe he should start doing that. <laughs> Chris Sabin's being interviewed. Ooh, I should have known not to trust a girl like Tracy. What was that supposed to mean? Girl like that, you don't trust him. Here's Trinity. Yeah, what do you want? Oh, I know I'm the last person you want to talk to, but I can think of two other people that... Oh, okay, so Trinity wants to join forces with Chris Saban. It's in our best interest to work together. Brothers in the truck, can you roll that footage? So last week on Impact, we're seeing a little flashback of what they said. You think Tracy wouldn't be a low-life loser? And then, of course, the super kick made Trinity's face look better, he says. Right. Now, Saban said he's not going to make that same mistake twice. Is he about to make that same mistake twice? Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's pretty fucking clear. That's like the thing where it's like, if they like, if you're watching like a show or like a movie or whatever, and they bring like a random item into play, like a knife, the knife's going to get used. Right. You do your part, I do my part. Okay, so he's not trying to get too close, but close enough to have a little bit of an alliance. And then she shimmies at him to confirm that they're going to do it. Yeah, instead of shaking hands, she she (laughs) shimmies. That was fucking ridiculous. You can Scott Scott Demore. All by himself. Just Scott Demore. Is he going to be on commentary or something? Yeah, but why wouldn't he just come out with Team Canada? Well, maybe they're not wrestling. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tim Tene blames Don West. Did you invite him out here? He goes, yeah, right. I'll give you a few pointers. You'll get it eventually, he says to Don West. Tene, look at Tene. Coached him more. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Are we serious, dude? Five Delta Slam. Are we serious? The This is like... Oh, I don't know if I want to say it. I don't know if I want to say it. I think I'd rather watch the Harris Brothers. 
you you're really gonna say that? I I don't think I think I need to say it. I don't know. Give me a second. I'll decide if that's an official statement in a second. Lance Hoyt. Bob, okay, Lance Hoyt is taking on Bobby Roode at Slammiversary. We just got word. Oh, shit. Wait a second. Wait a second. It's Bruno. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you say it? Sassy? Sassy. Against Lance Hoyt in a singles match. Yeah. Maybe this is why Impact's going away. It could be. Um, here, I'm going to give you two quick notes about Oh, low below by Sassy. That was bullshit, dude. Now, Impact drew a .18 on the May 13th, and then the, on uh, the replay at midnight for the show, the day after, a .28. Um, and also, the latest ratings for the UK Wrestling Channel are that in the final week of April, it was reaching 106,000 viewers per day, almost double what it was doing earlier in the year. And that's the show where like TNA is, has a couple different things not going on there. Among with other wrestling. Like they're going to start, they're going to start airing TNA classics, which will be the original two hour weekly shows or yeah, weekly pay-per-views. And then uh, starting for the first week of July and starting from TNA's debut show. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Sassy choking or he's not choking. He's pulling the hair of white in the corner. Also, I know I mentioned Hulk Hogan wanting to come back, but uh, apparently Vampiro's sending feelers to see about returning as well. Not going to happen. No. And he also apparently worked this past week on an Italian tour, which paid big money for Rikishi in particular. I don't know why that's in the note, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, didn't Vampiro like talk shit about uh, Jarrett Jarrett and all that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of shit. Not as bad as Joey Legend, however, but uh, right, yeah, still totally. not very good stuff. Don't turn your back. Oh, big, big boo. By the way, is he going to do a moonsault, which would be more impressive than Gowan's, just from a height perspective? And it sure looks like he is, and he hits it. See, some people would shit on this. We just saw moonsaults two matches in a row to do the finish. I mean, I think I would maybe avoid doing that. Interesting that they're kind of using that as Hoyt's new finisher now, though. Ducks to clothesline by fucking Big Tilly. Big boo on Big Tilly. From Big Lance to from Big D. The Hoyt <laughs> section, dude. Oh, I had I had one indie note for Hoyt by the way. He uh he lost to Steve DeMarco on May 21st for the PCW heavyweight title. Oh man. So. Well, Demore is saying that he stuck his nose and something that had nothing to do with him. Bobby Roode's gonna tease him. A very important lesson. Excellent question. You might not make it, he says. Oh. Yeah, okay. Demore said he's going to take care of him himself. Get that big load in the ring right now, Tanae says. Get in the ring, you big load. 
Oh, here comes from behind. Bobby Roode with the hockey stick flag. Oh, God. Lance Hoy being brutally attacked by two Canadians. I can't believe this. This is insane. Demore's got his jersey all unbuttoned like he's about to rip it off and fight. Well, you know who's not going to help Lance Hoy probably is the Naturals. Right. So they, they had a... And not get catch because he quit. Or he got fired. Yeah, fired. June 19th. June 19th. He's coming. Trying. He's Canadian. So he can work with Hogan. Unreal. One of my favorite things I've ever read. That's amazing. That's just amazing. Oh, footage of Raven. It sounds like coming up next. Did I say that? For a guy that quit, why are we showing footage of him? Because the camera. It was last week here in Impact. We're seeing some images from last week. Under That's a good deal. Right on Tyler's head. And he just walked down. He quit. I think they were only showing stills for that because it was they're talking about it as it was happening. Right. Okay. Exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive video footage. So it's pretty, it's a pretty big deal here, man. Last week on Impact. Let's see. Raven, just want to talk to you, man. Just one comment. Oh shit. Oh. Wait, did Raven hit him? Rhodes, how dare you? How dare you suspend me? Raven just hit the cameraman with this car. Is this a conspiracy and outrage? Oh. Now that he quit, he has no allegiance to anyone or anything. I do what I want, where I want, and how I want. He's going to make every single solitary person suffer. Imagine what I'll do to somebody I don't like. He's a human cancer. He's not a nice person, vile person. He's not going to give up until he gets what he wants. Give me my shot, Rhodes. Blood is on your hands, Rhodes. Quote the Raven nevermore. For a guy that's suspended, he's getting a lot of airtime. <laughs> the Naturals backstage with Terry Taylor. I wouldn't want it any other way. 
He knows what to expect from Passamore. They are know what to expect with Team Canada as anniversary. Seeming pretty confident here. Our tag team champions. Very quick. Oh, wait. Remember, they're teasing. That's right. They're teasing some legendary manager. Oh, that's right. But they couldn't divulge it. Right. And they didn't want to say it again. Here comes Lex Levette and David Young. Our semi-retired favorite uh, jab guy. He's only retired for the on the weekends. On the weekends. You know, a way that I would have seen them exploiting uh, Candido is if they, like, took his colors for mm. the duration, you know. But they're keeping to their pink. <clears throat> uh, I feel like we're... We won't hear... Although they wore yellow before Candido. Didn't the Naturals then? Yeah, didn't they? No, they've always worn pink. Was it always pink? They were, I mean, in their own... Situate like when obviously like hot shots were yellow, but that's not Andy Douglas. Double backdrop. We are 27 minutes and 30 seconds into the show. If you're watching along on FSN here, May 27th, 2005, his Andy Douglas goes to Irish with David Young, but he reverses it into the corner. Lex Levette slaps him on the back. David Young. Using his strength, slams him down. That was cool. That's a cool move. Add these to Slammiversary. Wait. Killings versus the Outlaw, one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, three life crew versus America's Most Wanted. So that's BG and Conan, then. Hoyt and Rude is official. Yeah, so AMW versus BG and Conan, the Outlaw versus Ron Killings. It's shaping up, man. And it has to because they know that after this week they got no no more TV. Right. Um, I don't know if we're going to see him on the show. So um, this is about our friend Abyss and our friend Jim Mitchell. Uh, Jim Mitchell's being talked about once again about managing Abyss and potentially others. Hmm. Now, this is interesting, and I think this answers a lot of our questions, Bob. It says, because they run at Universal, they won't be allowed to do the devil gimmick. So he's going to be offered the Carnival Barker gimmick that uh, he didn't like several months ago when the sides were talking. So he'll be more of like running a, like a crazy Carnival kind of guy, not the devil. Now, I don't have the details of why exactly they can't do that in Universal, but that explains why he has been MIA. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just so notorious for being the devil. Yeah. That no matter what you do with him, he's just going to be the devil. Yeah, I kind of think that too. Like being a ringleader? I don't know. Oh, here we go. Natural disaster. Boom. One, two... That's it. Well, at least Lovett will be home in time for his next weekend shift. Petey Williams oh. and Eric Young coming in to attack the Naturals. Because that's what you got to do. When you have a title match on paper, you got to attack your opponent after, the, after their match. Right. They know what it's all about. 
So Naturals are getting the upper hand, but A1, Alistair Ralphs comes in, and he evens the playing field here. Gives them the number advantage. Jackhammer. That probably means Goldberg's coming in. Yeah. The Destroyer? Good night. Really, could we see Team Canada become the new NWA Tag Team Champions? Terry Taylor backstage with Jeff Jarrett and Monty Brown. I miss Shane Douglas because I do not like Terry Taylor doing Yeah, this. no, Shane Douglas is way better. Do I look concerned? Why should I be concerned? I'm at least the alpha male. Monty Brown. He knows what side to be on. The match he made famous that he will regain his title in. Terry? He doesn't know much about being the king of the mountain. But he knows that there's only one alpha male. Mm. Ooh. Big tag team match coming up next. And uh, I got two final notes for you, and it relates to guys in this match here as Monty Brown makes his entrance. Uh, first off, Jeff Jarrett missed a scheduled May 21st booking for Cyberspace Wrestling in Wayne, New Jersey. Telling the promotion at the last minute he couldn't come or wrestle because he had suffered a concussion on May 15th when Tito Ortiz potatoed him with the punch. Ortiz was told to make the punch look as real as possible, and we did hear from the match that Jarrett was legit knock silly, but there was no heat on Ortiz because they wanted it to look real. Well, there you go. Um, also, I'm just trying to, well, let me get to this other note and then I'll try to, this one part looks like it was actually relatable to our last episode or yeah, the Zabisco thing, but here comes Jared, the king of the mountain. AJ Styles had an interview on extreme mayhem radio, uh, where he said he got along uh, great with dusty Rhodes, And while there was some. Some things that Dusty did that he didn't agree with. The guy never did anything to hurt AJ's character. He says, quote, in fact, I think he did some stuff to help me and put me in a position to have great matches. The 30-minute Iron Man match and the cage match with Abyss were good for me. Things that may have not been good for the company where some of the guys shouldn't have been there. Uh, you never like to see someone go, but I'm looking forward to seeing what other guys have for us as far as storylines go. Uh, he also said that he was furious at the concept of eight cage matches on one show. But he said it was <laughs> it was... Uh, over he was uh, when it was over he was for sure that no one outside of TNA could have pulled it off to show like that. Notes that Christopher Daniels uh, on the same show, or it's not he, but it's noted that Daniels said on the same show that he was upset when Dusty uh, to see Dusty gone since Dusty did a lot to get him over. He said he still felt the company was on the rise and if anything Dusty's replacement well, would be a lateral move and not a step down. 
So he still spoke highly on the upcoming I regime. I could agree with. I don't think it's a step down. It's probably just going to be the same type of same type of booking. And AJ has one indie note. Back on May twentieth, AJ retained the NWA World Title when he defeated Vane at SCCW oh. in Adams, Massachusetts. And Vane is not anybody of note. Hmm. I'm really surprised AJ Styles was on the show. I mean, there was nobody on this show that. I mean, Doink the Clown also defeated Vane on the same show. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's unreal. Yeah. Um, I guess this is, a, I can mention this. I didn't realize it was about last week's show. Um, and I, cause I try not to like spoil things for myself as I'm reading some of these notes, if I can avoid it. But it, it's noted that this is off of the Jarrett booking note too, but, um, so it says Raven, who had uh, languished for months, came off like a main event presence. So they're talking highly about the new booking team. So just like how we enjoyed the show, he's talking highly of that. There was apparently a line that got screwed up as Raven was supposed to bring up that Larry Zabisco hasn't done anything since he sold out Shia Stadium in 1980 with Bruno, which he did say. Um, <laughs> uh, it also notes that Raven attacked him for the for, before Zabisco's uh, planned comeback line of you couldn't sell out, sell out the dugout of Shia Stadium. Um, Raven was also quick in coming out, um, and they showed the tapes of Rhodes announcing the Kingdom Mountain competitors, uh, and Raven not being one of them. So it was supposed to be like not as as immediate. Raven came out too soon, and then he cut Zabisco off before he got to make a line back at Raven. Yeah, which in fact is probably better. The fact that he didn't get the chance to be like you couldn't even sell out a dugout, right? But that covers it. No, it's wise. Yeah, there's no other indie notes either. As uh, Pot or Waltman and Styles are double teaming Monty Brown. AJ hit a nice dropkick on Jared in their little opening sequence as well, I should point out. Irish whip to the corner. Waltman comes back. Nice clothesline by the alpha male. And also, we talked about it last week. Uh, me and Bob, I guess at the, I guess post post this show, we can start shooting the shit here on what's going to happen over the next few weeks. We have one um, official plan that we will discuss uh, here at the end of the show. The rest is up in the air. Brown went for a cover. Didn't work out. Tags in Jarrett. Look at those double teams, dude. Laying in the shots on Waltman. For some reason, I want to see a Jarrett Waltman singles match in 2000. We've been talking about that, man. I can't believe they haven't done it. I wonder if they just feel like they can't rely on Waltman. Well, he doesn't feel like he can rely on them because half the time he's not getting paid. But he must be getting paid That's now. That's true. Ducks the clothesline from Brown this time. Comes back. Pop-up drop kick. Knocks the alpha male off his feet. Is he going to get the tag? No, he's going to just keep fighting. He's a fighting champion. He's not even a champion. But, oh, but Jarrett hits him from behind. Rudy Charles just letting this shit fly. Irish went to Jarrett in the corner. Up. Ah, Waltman fooled him. Boom. Beautiful spin kick. That's going to add to the concussion. There's a miss. 
holding his chain menacingly. Bronco Buster and then Alpha Male caught Styles when he went for a springboard crossbody. And he countered the power slam in Seguri. Knocks Brown down in the corner. He's going to hit uh, Bronco Buster on him now. And... Oh, my got his boot up. Uh, it's a little blow him. Uh, that's a dislike for me, brother. Look at him holding the chain. He's so freaking mad, dude. Gets a, gets a uh, two count there, Monty Brown on Waltman. Now he's going to put him in a submission because I mean, you can't pin a guy. You might as well stretch him out a little bit quick. May as well. We are 38 minutes, 57 seconds into the show. Uh, we have about five minutes and 20 seconds left. couple chops to Waltman in the corner by the alpha male tags in Jeff Jarrett. Irish whip drop kick by Jarrett on Waltman. Nice mocking AJ ain't right. Dude, I was just thinking it's like a kind of a wild thought here, which they even told us on air, by the way. Um, maybe they weren't sure when they did the taping, I suppose. But this is our go home show for Slammiversary. How fucking weird is that? That is very weird. Yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, because like, realistically, we would have after this three more weeks. So they would have a substantial amount of time to build this up. And now we only have like two. Yeah, it's really weird. Well, so that's the other thing is they out the even our notes said, oh, they they were not going to have anything two weeks to Slammiversary. I mean, yes, technically, since it's on a Sunday. Like, that last show isn't, like, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but technically, three empty slots of impact. Backbreaker by Monty Brown. couple of them. Waltman kind of running gingerly there. Yeah. Into a sleeper of Jarrett. Of course, if you have Jarrett puts his opponent in sleeper, hold on, your bingo card, it is time to mark it down. But there's been no crowd wrestling. No crowd wrestling, no blood, no interference, and no double downs. So, unfortunately, if you're trying to play bingo in this match, it ain't working out too well for you. Stroke off middle rope. You could probably add in there now. Hits multiple strokes. Pointing to his head. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. He does that so much. Guitar guitar in play. Right. Back suplex by Waltman to break the hold. Abyss is staring on menacingly. Is he going to get involved? I don't know. But you are pretty much looking at your King of the Mountain match here. Uh, Waltman, of course, is... I don't know. I guess I don't know for sure. He's not announced, but I he feel like it's no it's got to be the... I just don't. That's why I wish it was Abyss in this match, strictly because this makes it f- seem very clear to me that it's Sean Wallman. Right. Wow. What a freaking beautiful 
kick by AJ Styles there. AJ into the corner, sneaks out of the rope as uh, Monty Brown goes for a splash. Springboard, double clothesline to both Monty Brown and Jeff Jarrett. Two for the price of one. Okay, stop showing a bit. He's just standing there. Stop. Yeah, it. I don't know why we keep on going to him just gripping the chain. Ah, oh, Jarrett held down the top rope as Styles went to go off of him. Oh, wow, the guitar right there where Jared can grab that. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, I wonder if Sean Wallman's about to take a take ooh, an L ooh, here. That got a little messy, but oh. Mantelman recovered. Almost a little dangerously, but he recovered. He's strong enough to take care of business. Yeah. It was a fallaway slam, by the way, which Jared won for a cover, and Monty Brown's a little pissed. Wow, he called for the pounds. Here we go. Jarrett grabs the guitar. Here we go. He's got the guitar and play. Monty Brown holding the arms of Waltman behind his back. Rudy Charles says, no, low blow by Sean Waltman. No way. How oh. does he not realize it's Monty Brown then? Come on. He did it so fast. He turned around so fast. He accidentally hits Monty Brown because Sean Waltman was holding they're, his arms. They are so teasing a Monty Brown face turn here. Where's AJ? There's a Bronco Buster, but yeah. you can't see it because... Okay, there we go. I saw it on the Tron because they were showing Abyss again. Spiral oh. tap on Monty Brown. Pins Monty Brown. See, I'm fine with all that because we got a pin. There was no, like, double DQ or... Wow, um, dude. Not a bad main event. No, I thought that was pretty solid. Whoa. Waltman should hit him with a belt. Yeah, he should. No alliances. Go into the match with nothing. Yeah, can't. He's looking, he's looking at it. Like, oh, I, I Waltman with the NWA title is a very interesting sight. Yeah, it is. That's weird. Deck him. Oh, is he gonna? Oh, he's teasing it. No, he's not gonna. Respect. He they should. acted like he was about to, though. Yeah, I thought so. Let me go off the air. All right, that was a solid sh- another solid show. All right, so we're coming out of Hard Justice, two solid TV shows leading to Slammiversary. I don't know if I would have predicted that. No, me either. And then now we're hitting a fucking screeching halt. Yeah, that that sucks. Like you have a few good shows and then we're off the air. Um, I'll try to do some some digging um, within the next week or so here and see if they I can like go on the Wayback Machine and see if they posted any like on the website. Sometimes you can find that stuff. Sometimes you can. Right. Um, so, yeah, I also agree. Thumbs up for me. Uh, great show. I enjoyed it. Good stuff. Now, as far as our future. As far as future, I mean, three weeks. Um, this leaves us in a very interesting position here on the TNA Crossline podcast because we uh, we released the shows to the day, and fortunately, there is no shows. Now, in the past, we've done when they've done this, it luckily felt the end of the year, and we could do recaps. Uh, we're not doing just a random recap, so that's just not going to happen. There's no point. But one thing we have discussed, and I believe it is we're for sure doing this. Bob, correct me if I'm wrong. On June 10th, there is a, a big show that happens. And uh, it is 18 years to the day that the Hardcore Homecoming 
event happens, which many TNA uh, talent appear on. So we will be covering that show as a special bonus episode. Uh, so I think that'd be great. I mean, there's people like uh, Kid Cash is obviously not with us now, but Kid Cash is on there. Simon Diamond's on the show. Just incredible. Jerry Lynn, Raven, Sandman, uh, Terry Funk, Shane Douglas, Sabu. So tons of uh, people who have appeared in TNA. New Jack is on there. Uh, I mean, name it. Uh, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually really excited. I haven't seen that show in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, so I think that'll be fun. Now, the other two weeks... We don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've, uh, and it's not that we've been uh, procrastinating. We've gone back and forth many times on what we should do on these shows. And honestly, it's either going to be, it's a surprise. We will surprise you guys and it'll be lots of fun. Um, or, I don't know, I guess there's, if, if we feel like we need to take a little bit of a breather one of the weeks, I guess we could potentially take a breather. I mean, if you look at it, on the on the uh, the card here, on the card, June, so June nineteenth, uh, a Monday, will be our Slammiversary episode releasing. So if we really, I mean, really, we wouldn't really miss out on too much if we um, if we ended up not being able to find something uh, relatable or good enough to watch for the seventeenth. But regardless, um, hoping to give you guys some content uh, to listen to. Definitely hardcore homecoming. Um, but Bob, unless you have anything that you want to shootout you can think of now if not we can talk offline and we can figure this out well i know that when we first started this you wanted to watch xwf i yeah i've never watched xwf yeah so i mean there's like three episodes of that oh if there's three okay if there's three episodes how long are they do you know 45 minutes okay guys so on (laughs) on uh june (laughs) you heard it here first Okay, June 3rd and June 17th. Very high probability we'll cover some XWF episodes. High probability. Now, what I will say is, depending on what we do, episodes or not, I even I'm going to say I use Hardcore Homecoming as the example. We're going to do notes during the show because there's going to be notes and active stuff happening. So these bonus episodes, while they are not part of the main series are still going to cover stuff that is relating leading up to Slammiversary. So not to say you don't want to miss them, but you don't want to miss them. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff going on backstage between this little hiatus to Slammiversary. So I'm looking forward to seeing just what is in the rumor mill right. heading into the pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm almost more curious to that. So I'd say if worst-case scenario... If we don't cover episode WF, which I think now I'm now Bob said it, so now it's probably gonna happen. Um, we'll I would like to at least get the news out as best we can. So um, expect something, and hopefully it'll be something good, and we'll keep you guys' attention. And we, and you, we haven't had a bonus episode since our uh, interview with Chris Harris, uh, right? So it's actually been a while. So it's actually been kind of fun to to watch something a little bit different, and this is the perfect opportunity to do that. And um, and then we're going to be doing Slammiversary, which is just going to be, I think, a lot of fun. And then we're back to, as far as I know, back to our regularly scheduled programming, at least for a while. So, Yeah, and I'm looking forward to Slammiversary, even though it's only two weeks of build. But I think that they crammed quite a bit in to uh, justify the card so far. 
and in in a better way than they have in the past. I mean, look at the yeah. lead up for hard, two weeks to hard justice, and we were like, eh. right, two weeks and then some anniversary, and we're already like, yo, King of the Mountain's about to be awesome, and like the stories between Three Life Crew and America's Most Wanted situation, everything is uh, lining up perfectly, and I'm very very excited about it. So uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. Yeah. With some exciting stuff, and it's going to be a weird couple weeks here on the TNA Cross the Line podcast. But don't you worry. Starting on June nineteenth, we will be back to some TNA action. Yeah. So that being said, with TNA being on hi- hiatus, the TNA Cross the Line podcast will not. We'll still be chugging out content every week. So join us next week for XWF. Or who knows, maybe something else, but probably XWF. If something else sounds better, then we might switch it up, but yeah, potentially yeah, XWF. Yeah, the Hogan experiment. Can't wait. Oh, man. All right. But until next week, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Gallin Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross the Line podcast. <laughs>